2: What is up on a Thursday? I'm Brian Scott Rippey. Thanks for tuning in to another edition of the Rippey Writes Podcast. We have got an interesting Thursday show for you. Colin Brister hops on to what we thought would be a Mississippi State preview, but then after Tuesday night's debacle against Southeast Missouri State, uh, we got into really a lot of non-baseball stuff, but baseball stuff. And what I mean by that is a lack of pride and really the slow-motion car wreck that is this Ole Miss baseball season as the Rebels were embarrassed on their home field by Southeast Missouri, um, 11 or 13 to three on Tuesday night, we got into you know, someone addressing the team after that was not Mike Bianco and uh, where this team goes from here and why we believe that the next time we do one of these shows will be probably an obituary on this 2022 season. And, um, yeah, I don't know. We basically just kind of talked about the utter disbelief that this is how this team is going to go out. So, um, I think it's an interesting conversation. If you're tired of the whole baseball story, buddy, that makes two of us. Um, if, I, if As I mentioned to Colin on the show, they lose this weekend, we're going to start doing some different stuff with the podcast. There's no need to dive into this twice a week. So uh we're at the precipice of it uh of it all finally being over it sounds like or maybe not maybe they take two this weekend and save their season i uh tend to lean towards the former rather than the latter but we shall see anyway interesting conversation i think um that involves some you know social media toxicity and some other stuff surrounding this team that you guys see with see and hear with your eyes and ears too so before we get to that though i want to remind you the podcast is brought to you by skybox sports picks who is skybox sports picks well Glad you asked. They're the world's best gambling handicapping website, the inventors of the Skybox matrix interval and advanced modeling mechanism that has helped propel Skybox to the top of the sports handicapping industry. Every time I look up now Skybox, they just have their new NBA model out that they've tested that I say tested out that they brought out for the playoffs. They've had three, two in one nights in a row. That's a uh, profit. Um, As the NBA playoffs continue to roll on, their baseball package will be up and Adam is ready to go at the start of May. We've got uh, NASCAR rolling along just because March madness is over does not mean Scott Box is going to stop making you money. They're going to have a picks package to fit your price range. So if you're in the wagering game, you need to use Scott Box. You don't want to be the guy that has the man texting him on Sunday night, Monday morning, asking if they can square up. You um, already got the scaries. No one wants that. You want to be texting the bookie asking where your supplementary income is coming from. ScottBox is going to do that, lead you to that more consistently than your own, brain that is for sure they are professionals it is based on algorithms not a lean you have five minutes before tip off kickoff what have you you get the point check them out skyboxsportspicks.com you can do week-long pass season-long pass month-long whatever you fits your price range i'd recommend just going with the full-on all sports all access pass it's going to pay for itself and then some because uh, doing business with skybox is an investment but if you're looking for something a little smaller a little more specific they're going to have a picks package on their site that fits your price range. That's skyboxsportspicks.com. Use that promo code RIPP, R-I-P-P-E-E, and you'll get 20% off any purchase. Check them out. Podcast is also brought to you by LB's University Avenue across from Kroger. Go see Greg. Weather's warming up. It is prime grilling season. And guess who wants to make your grilling experience great? That is LB's Greg. Check them out there. Been in business over there for almost two decades in Oxford. Oxford is so lucky to have a place like LB's. If you're a Rippy Ride subscriber, that's rippyrides.substack.com you get a free newsletter from me a couple times a week plus discounted meats. Right now it's a 16 ounce prime strip for 20 bucks plus a $5 pack of sausage. That's a hell of a way to kickstart your grilling weekend. Just go in there, show Greg proof of subscription and uh, he'll get you set up and then go find all your own favorites, all kinds of delicious sausages, different cuts of beef. If Greg doesn't have it and you need something, he will get it for you. I can promise you that he's like a meat sommelier. How about that? So He wants to make your grilling experience great. they got fresh seafood, all kinds of different stuff in there. You need to go check them out. LB's there, University Avenue in Oxford. All right, here is Colin Brister on a listless, lifeless performance and a season on the brink. All right, we're now welcome on Rippy Wright's baseball correspondent, Colin Brister. This is a, uh, I guess you could call this a Mississippi State Series preview. That's not really what this conversation is about. Um, I got to be honest with you. So, you had a you had a, a high school game last night, right? Yes. What was your first reaction when you saw the score?
3: Um, So, I had, like, three text messages about it. And it was like – because it was some coaching friends that were like, yeah, I know you're playing, but you're going to be really pissed off when you look at the Ole Miss score. And so, I go and see it, and I get to it, and it's down 10 – they're down 10 to 1. It's just – I was – last night – so, I'm going to put it like this. Um, I was really, really pissed off Saturday when they got beat. Like, like really pissed off. I'm glad we didn't pod that night. And then yesterday, for whatever reason, I was kind of just sad because, like, th- this is it. It's, it's, it's almost done, and it kind of sucks that it, it kind of sucks. It's ending this way. Um, I, I don't know. It just it may look there's maybe a miracle running on I guess, but it just for whatever reason, it's kind of gonna suck that they're going to go out with maybe his worst team ever. Um, you know, five and 10 sec getting dominated at home by Ohio Valley teams. It doesn't look like there's much life to turn this around either. Um, again, I hope I'm wrong, but it kind of just sucks that this is, this is how it's going to go out.
2: It's not even his worst team. Like, you know what I mean? Like
3: talent wise. No,
2: Yeah, no, I know what you mean, but like, I'm not even, I'm not disagreeing. Like that's the, that's the part that makes it even worse. And so Last night I have so I'm going on a bad. I may have mentioned this on the pod. Doesn't really matter. I was. I'm going on a bachelor trip this weekend down to the Mississippi coast. Buddy of mine getting married wants to go play golf. Blah blah blah. I'm on my third short week in a row. I had a wedding in Florida the week before. We had your
3: boss is firing you.
2: Yeah, so I'm a little. I'm a little uh, behind playing catch up at the office. And so I worked a little bit later last night and I had two errands to run before uh, going home and kind of getting ready for the trip or whatever. And I was like, look, I, I, I got to get my life in order. I might flip it on when I get home, but honestly I'm going to do something else in my time other than watch this. We're not going to learn anything about them playing a midweek game against CMO. And then I get a couple of texts when, you know, it gets to we'll t- learn some. Yeah. It gets, <laughs> I had to say, we actually turned out to learn a lot. Um, and I get a couple of texts. It's three to nothing. And then it's five nothing when I get back home. And I was like, all right, I'll sit down and watch this and just see how really bad this is. And I got to tell you, man, I watched a lot of bad midweek baseball. I've covered a couple bad battles this teams. You know, seventeen comes to mind. I think fifteen team wasn't very good, but they played hard. And I saw, I've seen they some popped our guts baseball, out. Is my point? Yeah, exactly. And it was as lifeless and lethargic of an effort. As I've ever seen, I mean, there wasn't anyone in the stands. It never got better. There was no run in them, right? Like it's, you know, that nineteen team that slept walked through a lot of that regular season. They had a couple times in the midweek, like I'm sure I'm just making these up, but something to the effect of like Arkansas State dropping five on them, and then it's like, okay, they're gonna yeah. work out. They scored, you know, four in the fifth and you know three in the seventh, yeah. and it's like, you know, disaster averted. There was nothing, man. Like it never got any better until they put so, a football player out, and he all. a it, it got worse and worse, and I hate to do this. When, I'm always hesitant to do this because it's 18-year-old you know, to 22-year-old college kids, and they don't do this for a living. But there was a complete lack of a sense of pride. It was embarrassing, I'll say it. Like, it was an absolute joke to watch it, and I, I don't know why anyone would pay hard-earned money to watch that kind of effort. I'll, I'll be damned to score.
3: 365 days ago. Um, If I had told you Ole Miss was down five to nothing in the second inning, would you would you say pretty confidently uh, Ole Miss would win that game against
0: Southeastern Missouri?
2: Yeah, of course. I did just figured they either tried someone out new in the midweek, or they're a little weaker on the midweek pitching, and like whatever, get the kid out, and you know. Or if they have a terrible night offensively and they lose six four, it's like okay, that was a dud. They got yeah, sure. some brains beat in <laughs> over and over and over again.
3: Uh- it's bad. It's as bad as I've seen it. And then I I I really don't know. Um I tried to actually go back because I guess I'm a glutton for punishment, just so I could talk about it a little bit. I went back and watched some of it. Um it's as bad as I've ever seen it. Just from from a defensive standpoint, they're not any good. Um I'll say this too. It look, um just this is kind of I I guess Minutia, but like Peyton Schott, yeah just needs to play every day. I, I get it. The kid's not hitting, but guess what? Nobody else is either. And guess um, what? He, besides, gives he plays his ass off. Put him in the lineup. I don't care. I don't I don't care if put him at first base, but I'm being a little facetious there, but at least by God, I know he's going to play hard. Um I some of these cats I question whether they're playing hard or not. And I and I, you can't answer that question watching on you know a thirty second delay on watch ESPN, but um, there's there's just some stuff. It, it doesn't look like some of these cats are playing overly uh, aggressive. To put
2: it lightly. No, oh, it's 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 yeah. I mean, look, that was the that was my takeaway from last night. It's like it looked like a team that had folded in and quit. And
3: let me ask you this: If that 2018 team pulls that crap with Nick Fortes, how many people get hurt?
2: <laughs> oh man.
3: And that's like not, with Nick Fortes and Thomas Dillard and Cooper Johnson, People get hurt
2: with that. And it's not that like you you're the best you're using the best example in Fortes, but he's not the he wasn't the only guy on that team that would be kind of in that camp of like this isn't going to fly. Like look, Dillard wasn't always the most vocal guy, but he gave a damn. I'm trying to think who else was on that team. Was that Will Golson senior year?
3: I yeah, guess yeah, it was Golson's last year.
2: Yeah, he wasn't a real vocal guy, but oh, he, hey. like, yeah. Oh. Oh my God. Yeah. Olenek can like look. You let Golson go out his senior year that way. That kid had been a part of some bad teams, some good teams. He'd seen it all. But he at least been on the field. Like he, like, I can't imagine being a senior on this team and this being my last shot. And then watching like, we'll get to the Ben Van Clee part of a second. But just watching the way it ends and no one really cares. I mean, it's 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 rough, man. And it's it. I don't know what to say about it. I guess last night it looked like a team that folded. Like, leaving South Carolina, I just thought hmm, this team isn't really good. And they, you know, they were. Uh, I would say undercut a little bit by a couple of poor managerial decisions in a muscle sure. game, but they just aren't good enough. I didn't think they would quit or mailed it in last night. I was the first time I thought, okay, this team has mailed it in for the year, which is, is mind blowing to me, given everything that is still on the line to just kind of mail it in with that effort and not care. It It's, it's mind-blowing to me, and it speaks to a sense of fragility that you've seen bubble with this team, really, from the Tennessee series on, and it's just gotten worse. I mean, can you imagine? They haven't really been the same since the Tennessee series. Can you imagine carrying themselves with the arrogance they carried themselves with, being number one in the country, which we know is now a pretty fraudulent ranking, getting swept on one time and just folding up like a tenth? I mean, they're two Dylan, De- Dylan Delucia heroic performances away from being 1-11 in SEC play. During that span, since the Tennessee series or since the Auburn series, excuse me, like it's, it's, I just can't fathom. That's it. a really good point. I didn't think about it like
3: that. So, what's the one other oh, Kentucky game?
2: Oh, uh, the yeah. Sunday game. They pulled out and they they hit it well, and credit to them for that. But that's the only other game. There are two heroic performances from that, from being one and eleven since the Auburn series, and I just can't imagine that being the uh, like I don't know your reaction to your first taste of adversity. It just speaks of softness.
3: So, uh, did you? Have you heard about? Because all right, let me put this in perspective. I get home last night and I, I follow the stat broadcast to the end, and and then I pull out and tune in uh, to listen to Mike's post game, you know, radio conversation. And they kept having to go to break because Mike wouldn't cut off his talk with his team. And I don't blame him, by the way. Um, I heard, and, and you may know more. I heard that was a uh, there there, there was there was a uh lot of yelling in that that conversation last night and i don't know if mike's usually like that anymore like i know he's, he probably gets after kids a little bit but i heard last night was a uh was a special one
2: there are various different types of uh post-game meetings after losses um and it's actually one of the unique things about college baseball, or I say college baseball, probably just the old, old miss setup. up. I don't know how anyone else does it. But, I mean, you've been out there in a couple of those. Yep. There's no press room or no press area. Like, other no. than sometimes when it's raining, we go in the dugout, we're standing a handful of feet um, away from them. And, look, the music's playing. They play that stupid celebration song over and over and over. They play last the- night. Yeah, I was about to say, it's not a bad song, but when you hear it, you know, 40 times a year when they're good, it gets a little old. Point being um, – <laughs> most of the time when the music dies down and there's guys that are blowing the uh, leaf blowers or whatever they're doing to the dirt or grass, you can kind of hear Mike. And a lot of times it's short and it's to the point that's usually after, you know, close loss, something like that. It's like, okay, they still got a series to win or whatever. Um, Sometimes even with lethargic performances in the midweek, he just kind of thinks, ah, whatever. We'll like, let's not harp on this too much. It's kind of, uh, you know, we didn't have come out with great energy, got to be better, whatever. And then there's times where he absolutely rips them and it's long, and you can hear him yelling, and, you know, it's pretty clear what's going on. I don't know what happened last night, clearly, because I don't work like that in that capacity anymore. Um, I saw, I read Chase's story to where it was eight to nine minutes. I gotta be honest with you, man. I'm sure there was some yelling into it, but at this point, can, like, I guess in my mind, it, was it just yelling, or was it, this is up to you guys. I don't know what else to do. Like that's what you, That's just, it's, it's to I that don't know what right? else to say. I wouldn't know what else to say if I'm in Mike Bianco's shoes. So what is screaming at them for eight minutes do? I don't, I'm not saying that's what happened or what didn't happen. I'm not questioning his decision to do so or not to do so. But in a speech that lasted that long, lasted that long, Chase said eight, nine minutes at a certain point, this point in the season, there had to be just some, this is up to you. I can't do anything else with you guys.
3: That's kind of
2: what, I mean,
3: yeah, like you just at some point they either take ownership of this or, or, or they don't. Um I there were there are a lot of guys that have come through this program um that five and ten would piss them off until low end. Um and and look, there's a lot of guys I'm sure on this team that are pissed off and want to play well. And 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 I'm not, you know, look, there there's there's obviously guys that are playing extremely hard. You, you I mean you can't convince me that Tim Olko is not playing his tail off or Kevin Graham or Justin Bench or and I and I'm not leaving anybody out on purpose. I'm just naming guys, but it, it just for whatever reason, it doesn't feel like there's the dude that stands up that, that plays every day. Um and, and we'll get to that in a minute. Um and just says, Hey hey, this this shit is, is not okay. Um the the fact that we're five and ten in the the league and you know um, getting embarrassed by Southeastern Missouri is that's an embarrassment. And, and, and the Ole Miss baseball program is better than that. Um, and it just doesn't feel like that guy's out there and you can't like blame a Tim Elko or a Justin bench for not having that personality. But the reality is like out of your non-starters, you don't have one dude that's, that, that's kind of like that. Um, feels like that's just a problem for when things get bad. And, um, I don't know. It, maybe Doug Nikhazy was the greatest leader of all time. Um, I'm I'm starting to just think that.
2: You're right. And it's a like this conversation has been a bit of a recurring issue throughout the last, at least since I was working. Like I remember a couple of different teams. It's like, do these guys have enough, for the lack of a better phrase, you know, assholes or hard asses or whatever you want to phrase it as? In the past, like, the past couple teams, like, there was a point in the 19 team where you question that. And there was a couple, Um, and I there's probably another one in there that I'm th- mi- missing, but, like, there was one or two. This team doesn't have any. Like, I remember comparing yeah. it to state where it's like they got five guys okay. and Mangum was always the epitome of it, but, like, they have a bunch of dudes like that. Oh Miss has lacked cool. enough of them in the past. It doesn't feel like they have any of them, and that's a that's a real problem. And at this point, you know, look, is is Mike shaking up the lineup going to really do anything? No, no but like just for the principle and like pride's sake, why wouldn't you just play the dudes that care? Like that's
3: oh, kind of oh I'm, I'm in going. on that. Ben Van Cleve and Peyton Shotney would start Friday if it were for me. Hell, Taiwan Malone might start. <laughs> um, I, I don't care at this point. I, I will care. say this. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, well, I think you're well, done. I, I'll just say this. Um, I am thankful that they're playing Mississippi State this weekend. And and for no other reason, by God, you'll figure out if they've quit or not. If if Mississippi State walks into Swayze and punks them, this team is so far done. And I don't mean it just from a math standpoint. Like like yeah, obviously, if Ole Miss loses this series, they're done. Like we, we can put a we can put a bow on it. This thing's over. Um, but if Ole Miss loses this series or looks like they are lethargic and don't care against the team that they haven't won a series against since 2005 and they've lost six straight in Oxford too, um, then they've quit. Like like it's it's to that point. You will know after you will know on Sunday at about five o'clock whether this team still gives a damn or not.
2: Yep. I think it's a perfect mirror image and we'll I want to get to a little bit of that more in a second, but you're talking about the guy that doesn't play every day, um, you know, not stepping up and saying this is unacceptable. You know who did address the team last night? Yeah. Ben 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 spoke the team for a couple minutes. It looked like after it sounded like it was while Mike was talking to the media So Bianco wasn't present for it. And it's, one, credit to Ben Van Cleef for, like, doing something about it. Yeah. Um, Two, it's also telling that it's a guy that had really fallen by the wayside in terms of rotation and playing time and being in the mix and being a contributor for this team, that he's the one doing it. Because you mentioned, like, it's kind of alarming they don't have a guy that's a regular everyday player that's doing that. And I'll just phrase it to you this way. Do you think Ben Van Cleave's last year of college baseball is going the way he wants to individually, personally? No. Of course not. But is he – you think if Ben Van Cleave was moping about that fact of it, the individual side of it not going well for him, do you think he makes this speech and addresses the team last night? Also no. That guy just doesn't want to go out this way. I, I'm not putting no. words in his mouth. I haven't spoken to Ben Van Cleave. Um, I – would Say a couple well-embedded moles would have told uh, – I feel pretty good about saying I don't think it was the nicest speech in the world he gave, and good. Like, I don't – like, I mean that in a good no, way. No, it wouldn't be real nice either. Yeah, I don't think it was coddled either. And so, if he's going to kind of give them that hard-nosed speech about, like, hey, what, what are we doing here? Despite, you know, him having a season and really to little fault of his own for what he actually is as a player, he just kind of, like, was the odd man out. For him to do that, like that's both credit to Vin Van Cleave as I keep saying, but that's also alarming that it's no one else and that it is Ben Van Cleave. Like it's a guy that hasn't yeah. had a great year in terms of his personal success and his opportunity, but he's the one doing it. Like what what are we doing here?
3: Yeah, no, it's that's a great <laughs> way to put it. Um not a regular starter by any stretch of the imagination. A pinch hit option, maybe an occasional DH option is the guy that's, you know, the, the guy that's also never put a glove on and played in the field at all Miss in a, in a regulation game. Um, he's the guy that that has to stand up and ride the troops. And like you said, credit to the kid for doing that. Uh, just kind of maybe says a lot that, you know, nobody else wants to stand up to and do that. And people will take that probably as like we're, we're blaming like a, a, a bench or an Elko. It's like, no, those, those guys don't have the personality where they just strand up. And, and, and I don't feel like uh, just from, from knowing and hearing things about Tim, he, he seems like a straight-up class dude. Um, but you got to have like some guy in your starting lineup. It's got to be a little bit of a jerk. And it just doesn't feel like they've got anybody that's a little bit of a jerk. This team would kill for a uh, – You know a Cooper Johnson or a Ryan Olynyk, just from an attitude standpoint.
2: Absolutely, and it's uh, you know, it's part of. I mean, that's part of why last night happened. Look, if they're if they had lost last night eight to seven, and you're thinking, man, you know, because they had the the, and it's not like that all of these guys would have pitched last night, but they're going to be down two guys this weekend. It sounds like John Gaddis had an appendectomy. Um, Yeah. So he was – he was in the hospital. Doherty had a death in the family, and then Washburn had the uh, illness. So it's like if they lose like 8-6 last night, it's like, damn, this team's just not very good. They can't get it out, and just nothing's going right for them last night. But it was the way it happened last night and how it looked. And, like, if you had had the people we are talking about or a couple guys with that mindset, I firmly believe – and I know it's hard to quantify and it sounds dumb – that last night wouldn't have happened. Like, it just, it just wouldn't, I don't think. And so – I don't know where they go from here. It certainly looks like a team that folded over and I, I don't, I don't even know what to say regarding like the state series aspect of it, because to be completely honest, based on that effort, the other night, I, are they going to win a game out of these four?
3: I, yeah, they'll win a game just cause and it, it's not because they're going to play well. It's just that I don't think the state's necessarily any good either. Um, I'm not betting on more than two. I'll say that. So, um, it's, oof. it's it's so bad right now. It's as toxic. But let me ask you this: I had this conversation outside of Matt, Luke, and Houston Nuts last year's. Is this as toxic of an almost sports season you have ever seen? Because AK's last year to me wasn't toxic. Like everybody just kind of knew. This this feels like just because of how last summer went and everything. This, this feels toxic at this point.
2: Sure, I'm glad you went there because I was going to in a – like, pretty much next anyway. Like, it's – I try not to uh, put much stock into, like, what gets said and done on social media and all that because it's generally just all a waste of time and nonsense and doesn't, like, accurately reflect things. But, you know, we brought up the Austin Anderson part of this uh, before. And Austin Anderson (laughs) – love the guy or hate the guy (laughs) – went on another rant – um, it started with you know Derek Diamond had a tweet. i 'll just pull it up to, for accuracy's sake. Um, Derek Diamond on Saturday night or Sunday doesn't really matter said it hurts t- after they lost that game. It hurts to lose, but landing in Oxford feels like a warm hug. I love this place. um Austin Anderson screenshotted that and said when you're, well, when your opening day Friday night starter tweets this, you know your team is uh soft, hashtag five and 10. So, look, Diamond seems like a nice kid. He's also kind of in that camp of probably not having that personality to go yell and cuss and, you know, exclaim that this is not acceptable. Austin Anderson probably has a point to some degree. Was it kind of a, you know, jackass move, kind of harsh, whatever you want to call it? Sure. it? Yes, but he's also got a point. And so, you know, that drew some reaction. And honestly, like most of it was positive. And look, I'll put it to you this way one of the very few negative reactions to that tweet was just some burner account. This shows how stupid the internet is. Like Henry Rowengardner, the kid from, uh, what is that? What's the uh, the, oh. the Cubs picture movie? Doesn't fuck. Excuse
3: oh, me. Mer- no. Oh, God. I was oh, God. say a little big league.
2: That's not what it is. It's like, I, I don't know. It doesn't matter.
3: Here we um, go. Uh... Damn damn it. Rookie of the year. I knew it was rookie something.
2: Okay. There we go. I mean, look at how many baseball players like the tweet. Reagan Burford's on there. I think there may have been one more. It's like, what, what are you doing with your time? One. And that account has like three tweets. It reeks of burner. I'm not accusing anyone of anything, but like, good Lord, that's what you're wasting your time on. And I guess when you talk about the toxicity of it, the toxic nature, like to, to kind of go elsewhere with it, Wes Burton had a tweet today about, uh, roosevelt's man in the arena speech um, from 1910 and for those of you I imagine this is the most overly out of context used uh presidential speech in probably the history of sports and it's look, the teddy roosevelt's the the man in the arena it's basically like you know the most cowardly way to go through life is a sneer and you know the man in the arena has more courage than the critic who sits on the side that's the general context of the speech wes burton puts that out and, I mean, I, this was just me kind of being a, a, a smart aleck, but I t- texted that to you and was like, really? Like, does last night count as being in the arena? Because, like, that's kind of the entire point. If this team just stunk and they weren't very good, the 15 teams stunk. They had bad losses. But was anyone you know, kind of ripping them for their effort? No. Like, the whole point is, yeah, it's one thing. Like, it's easy to criticize on the side and whatever, the whole man in the arena aspect of it. But, like, if the man in the arena doesn't care and is it trying, does that count? Because that, that doesn't seem like an applicable analogy when you go out there and put together that performance that you did against a very average Ohio Valley school in SEMO. They didn't lose 8-7. to seven, Like I keep saying, they lost 11-1 to one and got embarrassed and showed zero fight. So, like, you know, what's the, the – I wasn't going to do the thing where I was going to pull up the speech. But, you know, it's talking about the guy's battered and sweat and at least he's trying. That's the whole question. Are these guys trying?
3: Some of them are. Uh, and to be clear, some of them are, yes. are playing as hard as they can um, I've seen teams play harder. I'll say that um and it's it's hard to you know, like I said say on watch e s p n hey these guys don't care at all oh no they they care, and baseball's a sport when you're getting the thirteen to three by an Ohio Valley school. It looks like you don't care um but i I will say this um there are past on miss teams that. They wouldn't get beat thirteen to three by an Ohio Valley team. It it wouldn't get to that point if that makes sense. Hell, um, they may get beat thirteen to nine because they may not be able to pitch it worth a damn. Um, but but by God, they would have showed up on one side of. I mean, they they didn't play well in any facet of the game. Like literally, anyone besides Taiwan Malone or John Kramer, nobody played well. Um, and that is hard to do um against an Ohio Valley school on a Tuesday night. It's uh yeah, it's it, there are there there are teams that fought their guts out um over Mike Bianco's twenty two year tenure. And I don't think in five years I'm gonna look back and say, Yeah, that that twenty two team fought their guts out. I I don't think that's going to be uh the mantra regarding this team.
2: Certainly not if the season ended today. And based on this past effort, like it, it kind of seems like they're just going to go out with the whimper and that be the end of it and be the end of the Bianco era, which is so mind blowing to me because I swear, and maybe I just have a short memory. I think the closest it got to this was in 19 where oh,
3: this is absolutely a burner account, by the way, I'm reading through it. This is absolutely a burner account.
2: That's good. Um, You know, I'm wondering how many errors that burner account has on the year. Um, <laughs> but I guess what I'm getting at is the closest I got to 19 was just like, remember that they had the black Monday and they slept through, walked through parts of the uh, 2019 regular season. It was just a weird year. And then toward the late May, they got off into a really bad way, swept by state, the Tennessee thing. I've used uh, the road Tennessee series. I've used this example countless times, but at least they like tried different things and fought and actually turned it around. That team didn't make Omaha. It actually was kind of a valiant effort to make it to where they did. That was the closest it's ever gotten in terms of, I remember them leaving that Tennessee series. And I was like, I guess this is it. This is over. These guys are just going to go out. And they, you know, to their credit, they threw one more punch. I have zero faith in this team to throw one more punch. And, you know, I guess on top of that, to give people a, a little bit of a history lesson there, the Teddy Roosevelt uh, man in the arena speech came after two successful terms as president. He's on a world tour through Africa and Europe. And the whole context and the whole point of the speech was his whole mantra of. It's not in a republic, in a democratic republic or in a free society. It's not the intellect of the individuals that comprise the society. It's the dedication, the work ethic, and kind of the desire to be great. And so this team kind of has a bunch of dudes that, were pretty arrogant for no reason and thought they knew it all. So it's like the entire like Wes Burton tweet seems like a good kid. I don't mean to pick on him. Is just dripping no. irony because the whole point of that man in the arena speech, or at least the larger part of it, if you go read the full one and everything else that happened to Roosevelt in 1910 on that tour was, it's not about like how smart everyone is individually it's about kind of the collective work ethic and, you know, trying to be great or whatever. And that's – I just think in the context of that, I think it's hilarious because it's just like, oh, this sounds nice. I'll tweet it out after we got embarrassed 11-1. Do you yeah. think
3: – I'm just putting you know, this out there. Do you think that they showed up possibly in September and said, hey, we returned the entire offense. This will just go like it went last year. Um, we'll just show up. And we're going to be the same offense we were last year. And, uh, you know, hopefully they'll pitch it. And without, we'll win a whole bunch of games because we're going to swing the crap out of it. Because, like, I think as, as, as people that are around the team and follow the team, um, that was pretty much my mindset. It's like, hey, uh, this is one of the best offenses in the SEC last year. They're going to show up. They're going to do what they do. And um, they're going to score eight runs a game. And everybody's going to be happy. Oh, we're going to win, you know, 18 SEC games, host a regional, maybe host a super. Hope we get to Omaha. And, but the problem is, like, I don't swing the bat. I don't. I don't have to lay down a bunt or you know take a opposite field approach on a breaking ball. I don't have to do any of that. So I can think like that. You, you think maybe that crept in some of the into some of the players' minds because I mean, it, I, I guess human nature would probably tell you that it did after looking at the past what thirty games or so.
2: It that's exactly what the whole has felt like. I mean, to, to collectively as a team, yes, they were a good offense last year. like they haven't done anything and they carried themselves that way the entire time as if they were kind of some unconventional, like it'd be, it'd be one thing. Like if they were, if 2013 state returned, everyone remember they lost to UCLA in the Mm -hmm. national title game. Um, and like, if that, if that was the case and they brought everyone back and it, like they just kind of assumed they were going to roll through everyone, this team collectively had not done anything. I mean, congrats on taking two at Orlando at UCF. And you were fortunate to get out of that one with the six win. Like they just carried themselves with this unwarranted confidence. And, you know, we talked about whether, uh, whether the uh, Tennessee series would humble them and it kind of just made them go into a shell and dejected. Like they were kind of just dejected and they've never really recovered. And I just can't imagine having that lack of mental fortitude where some team kind of puts you in your place and there's no, there's no rebound. Like, I mean, I wrote on Sunday, Like this old Miss team was kind of pushed to the brink after South Carolina. And that's your response, the effort that you gave the other night. Like, I just, my God. I mean, we could talk about this all night, but it's just, it's a mindset of completely unwarranted arrogance. And it speaks of a bunch of dudes that just don't seem like they get it, to be honest. And I'm sure they're all good people and good kids. But if I'm just talking collect, like just strictly in a sports sense and as it relates to this team. It just seems like a team with a completely unwarranted sense of confidence that hasn't realized that they're actually not that good, actually not good at all, honestly.
3: Well, I mean, hell, if they don't realize that they're not very good at this point, um, then they just have a self-perception problem um, as as a collective unit because five and ten and last in the West tells you you're probably not very good. I don't know. I would certainly uh, that. I don't know. It's as it's as bad as I've seen it, and and I'll say this: don't show up this weekend, and you're gonna get, you're gonna get embarrassed. You will get embarrassed. Uh, don't show up on next next Tuesday. You'll get embarrassed again. It's uh, I don't know. It's this weekend to me. Like the hell with the NCAA tournament. You know what I mean? Uh, I mean, yeah, sure. I hope I'll Miss win, What you know, nine SEC games. They go nine and six and get in and get the three seed and uh, wherever Louisville or whatever. Um, I don't even know if they're hosting. Um, Southern mess doesn't make it easy. But uh, I I don't really care about the NCAA tournament at this point. Like, if you can't go try your best to beat a school that has beat you in series, what, four, five times in a row, they've swept you two times in a row in Oxford, you haven't beat them in Oxford in seven years since 2015. I was just talking to
2: college in case anyone was wondering
3: you can't go play pissed off and try to beat them, then you're done. And, like, like that says a lot about maybe you just, like, as, you know, how much you want to play baseball and don't Miss right now. So, that's that's why I'm glad they played Mississippi State this weekend. This, this to me, is is not about the NCAA tournament. Like, yeah, we can discuss, you know, where they stand after this weekend or whatever, but um, as far as going into this, I just want to see them play hard. And, and, I, and that's, like, hard to say for me is – as, as someone that's followed Ole Miss Baseball for 22 years, because I've never had to say, look, I, I've questioned a lot of stuff about Ole Miss Baseball over 22 years of fandom. Never had to say, damn, I wish they'd play hard. Um, but it kind of feels like we're at that point right now.
2: Oh, in terms of effort, it's 2011 Houston Nut Football esque. I'll
3: go that You want to talk about a team that actually quit.
2: And the last thing before we get to the state part of it, because I think you keep making a good point in that regard is the more and more I thought about this and we've had this conversation, I feel like it's been brewing for a bit. Um, someone outside my window just like, I'm about to go to loud pipes rant. Is loud pipes guy. Like there's so many of these loud pipes dudes in Texas. <laughs> like, is that ever, is that ever worked for anyone? What is loud pipes guys? Like <laughs> someone ever got a date? As I was to say, like has so. any girl been like, did you hear how loud that guy's truck pipes are? Holy, how about can I get his number? Like I, I, you love loud noises, I don't get it anyway. I'm leaving that in. We're not editing that part out. Um uh, so oh man, this might be the angriest podcast ever. Um so No, I'm it's not
3: th- topping that Sunday at Starkville. Yeah. It's, <laughs> it's not topping that one.
2: Someone on the message board uh was asking for the hotboard podcast, and then they said if not, something relative to the Sunday <laughs> pod after Starkville was suffice.
3: I need to go I, back I, and just listen to that.
2: Who would have thought it came one podcast later? Because I felt like Sunday was just confusion. Um <laughs> Boy being, I, we've talked about this and like kind of like the lack of leadership on this team. And I just wonder, if not for Doug Nikhazy, did Doug Nikhazy just was the glue that held this program together the last three years? Because the 19 team probably falls off in a bad way without Doug Nikhazy. 21 certainly after the Gunnar Hogan injury kind of mm-hmm. probably crumbles after Nikhazy. Was he the common denominator in this occurrence not happening sooner? Is that a crazy theory? Well, and I don't even – so, no, it's not a crazy theory. But I wonder if, if Doug was just the dude, like, he
3: looked – you as a player on the team, if you're a Peyton Shetney, you're a Justin Bench, you're a T.J. McCants, you're a Jacob Gonzalez, Tim Elko, Aiden Dunhurst, Kevin Graham, all those dudes. Like, he didn't even have to say anything. It's, hey, we lost a tough game. Doug's going to go pitch. He's going to give up one run in seven innings. We're going to win, and we're going to feel good. They don't really have that dude, You know, like, yeah, I'm sure Doug probably would say a lot if they got beat 13-3. Don't get me wrong. But Doug was just so good and so calm and, like, nothing bothered him that he was just going to go kick your ass the next day, and everybody was going to be back on board, and it was going to be fine. If they had a dude on Saturday right now that, every time they lost on Friday night because they've become really good at losing on Friday nights, They've got that down pat. Um, that was just going to go kick somebody's teeth in the next day. I think this team obviously would be a lot better off. But yeah, Doug was obviously, like I said, and, and like you alluded to, he was a great leader and all that. But the reality is, like, he was just going to go kick your teeth in and, you know, was going to make series 1-1 and we're going to go play on Sunday. And 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 right now, like, when they lose that first game of the series, um, like they've done, you know, last week in, in Alabama, they don't have the dude on Saturday that's just going to go kick your teeth in and get everything and make everything okay.
2: Yep. And, you know, part of that is just being – like there, there's like you mentioned, I God you mentioned that part of it. There's just an element that Doug was really good and so there was a confidence that came with knowing he was taking the ball. But he was also a good leader on top of that. And this team, I mean, it really lacks both. And that's a yeah. – that's a real – real issue and you know i i I guess i'll put it to you this way man as we go into this weekend look um if this goes the way we think it goes we'll write the obituary on sunday we'll do a couple hot board podcasts in between but i was telling you before a little inside baseball i was just like there's no need for us to keep doing this twice a week like this this is this no one wants to hear about this is a waste of everybody's time and like that's i just like a part of me still wonders like is this really how they're going to That's, go? I have that same you have that too, same like, thought? Like I am not I'm not in denial of that are they really going to die off like this? Yes. Is this <laughs> really it? It's a one yeah, if they lose two out of three this weekend and it's you know it's over. Ten but 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 if it's ten, six, five, 4 and six three, something competitive. Like, it's like, okay, this team's just not good enough. I, I, I'm fully confident they're going to die off in a way that looked more like Tuesday night to where it's like these guys don't care. And I think that's kind of a shameful way to go out.
3: I It was why I was so pissed off um, the Sunday after Alabama, and it wound up not mattering. Um, but uh, when they lost that Sunday, the, going into that day, I knew there were, what, um, four and whatever, four and seven. Um, but. I just – yeah, we've been four and seven. I just felt like at that time, like, this team's got a run in them at some point. Like, they're too good to just keep screwing around. Um, after the last weekend at South Carolina, I've got less confidence that they've got a run in them. And after last night, I've got a whole lot less confidence that they've got a run in them. Is there a world where they win this weekend, win one at Fayetteville, and then maybe sweep a Missouri, and you look up after – uh you know, with two series left and you got an 11-13 and 13 record? Yeah. Like, that's not the craziest thing I've ever seen a team do. Um, but it starts this weekend. Like, I don't I, – I know what you're saying. Like, is there a world where they lose two or three and you think, you know, hey, they're just not good enough? Yeah, but if they lose two or three this weekend, they're not tough enough to make a, make a run at that point. To me, like, I, like, the math doesn't work in your favor. Um, and quite frankly, if you can't win two this weekend on double decker against your rival, um, with your season on the line and, and your coach's job on the line, I mean, I don't think we're telling any you know state secrets that you know might be ankle if they don't turn this around. Probably in a little bit of trouble. That um, if you can't win two this weekend, the hell with the math. You just you, you're not getting it done. You don't you don't have the 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 pride at that point to get it done
2: that's what i'm getting at it's it's we're saying two for different versions of the same thing like i guess what i was getting at like hypothetically if they lost in the fashion that i laid out it's like okay this team isn't just good enough but i fully anticipate they're going to lose in kind of an embarrassing and lethargic way i hope i eat my words on that but that yeah. tuesday night said to me and that's kind of what's been brewing for the last couple of weeks and you know you mentioned after the alabama series and we talked about this off air too where it was like I think they have a run in them i I didn't necessarily disagree, even though they couldn't really get anybody out and we talked about, well, is this offense really going to stink this long it, it to me, that part of it is irrelevant. Are they talented enough, despite their pitching struggles at times, to go on a little bit of a run and get it into the tournament? Are they talented enough to go nine and six down the stretch and get in the n a tournament? I still think so, despite all their woes, but the it's the it's the mental part of this team and the way they carry themselves that it puts the confidence, which are from a sheer ability standpoint of their ability to go nine and six down the stretch. I'll put it this way. I'd put it at like 40% because that's a really tough ask yeah. given their schedule 40 ish. When you factor in last night, which I just the poster child of this team's mindset and the unwarranted confidence and the softness part of it, to me, it goes down to like 2%. that's a complete non-starter and it has very little to do with their talent level. And I think that's unfortunately going to be the story of this 2022 Ole Miss Robles baseball team. And it's a shame. And look, I can't speak for anything because I didn't play competitive sports past, you know, a junior high level outside of one unfortunate mishap in high school basketball. That's been well-documented, but as just someone who's been around sports and competition. It would pain me to go out in such a way. And it seems like there's a, collective level of not everyone but a collective level of contentness just to wither away
3: yeah um but it, it i don't know i don't know any better way to say it look you know there, there's guys on that field that are playing their tails off the, the, the tim Elko's the world the justin bench is the world the, the, the there, there's some guys you look at them and you know they're giving everything you have it just it it, it just feels like at some point though that you know, maybe not everybody's busting it. Um, and I'm not gonna call any jump that's unfair to kids but but it just feels like at some point if you're it, if you're playing your tails off, you don't get beat if everyone's putting in everything they have after losing a series uh to South Carolina uh, that you probably shouldn't have lost, you don't get beat by ten. You don't almost get run ruled by southeastern Missouri uh it's Wazy Field if everybody's busting it. I don't know. It's um it's tough. It's it's as bad. And and I I hope I really do. I, I do mean this. I hope it doesn't end like this. Um, Mike Bianco for all his faults has never bombed a season at Ole Miss. Never. Um two thousand two, I believe was thirteen and seventeen. Uh, 2011 was 13 and 17. Um, I'm pretty sure. And then 2017 was 13 and 17. That was his worst preseason. Um, but those teams barely missed out on the NCAA tournament. Um, I'm not sure that I know this team is getting the 13 wins again. I hope I'm wrong because again, for all his flaws, he's never bombed a season and I would hate to see, um, this end on like an eight and 22 or nine and 21. Um, this, this just, it just feels like it, it, it's it's heading that direction. If someone doesn't doesn't step up from a leadership aspect and kind of just fix it.
2: Uh, no, you're exactly right. And but what's the difference with like what was the common thread with those two thirteen and seventeen teams? It went to the bitter end, Oh on. Yes, it. the
3: 2011. Um, they played a doubleheader against Arkansas on the last day. They lost the doubleheader. If they win one game, they make the SEC tournament. And they make the NCAA tournament.
2: Yes, exactly. And then the, remember in 17, they go 13 and 17, and you thought they maybe did enough, but like, can they win? No, that? they actually
3: went 14 and 16 that year. I forgot that. And then, but you're right. They, uh, I was looking back at Mike's Wikipedia, but they go to the SEC tournament with a chance.
2: And they lose a tough game to Auburn to where, if I mm-hmm. remember correctly, I can't remember if it was Burns or whatever ace Auburn. They threw Mize. Mize. That's what it was right. It was Casey Mize. in. Auburn, if I remember the context of this game correctly, didn't really have to. Like, I think Auburn was sitting somewhat comfortably. They were fine. yeah. But they did anyway. And Ole Miss lost that game, what, like 5-2, 4-3, somewhere in that Yeah, game. it was close. And they, But they put up a fight. And even, like, I remember O'Lennon yanked a home run down the left field mm-hmm. line in the ninth inning, and they just didn't have enough. And Mike stumped for their case after the game. But the point being, it came down to the wire this team's just going to kind of wither away and it not even be close. It's going to be a nine and 21, 10, 20 situation. And that's the difference of those teams. And I think that's probably the kind of the the crux of our point of this collective, this whole podcast at this point is like, Mike's got all uh, plenty of flaws as a manager, and maybe he takes some responsibility for the way this team's mindset and locker room environment or whatever is going on with them is. But at the end of the day, this is not because he's making blunders on a week in, week out basis. He just has a bunch of guys that I'm not sure are really mentally in it.
3: Yeah, um, I think that's a great way to put it. It's uh, we've been at this about an hour and we have talked about what five words about Mississippi State. So, uh, not 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 really a Mississippi State preview. Frankly, I can't preview Mississippi State. I don't really know what they have. I haven't watched a ton. Um, I'll go with I've, watched, because, I've actually watched a little bit of Mississippi State, but I can't just from a first-name basis tell you what they look like.
2: I'll go. It, it follows the same parallel. This preview is going to follow the same parallel of what we've exactly been talking about. Mississippi State is not a good baseball team this no. year, and they have reasons for it. They lost two weekend starters, including their ace, mm-hmm. and Sims, which from a sheer college baseball entertainment standpoint, when he went down, that just was a huge bummer. That guy's a ton of fun to watch pitch. You know, when you heard the news of it was an elbow thing, it was like, that's just terrible. They lose Stone Simmons. Mm-hmm. And they've gotten off to a terrible start. Like they, they got off to a terrible start in SEC play. They lost to Georgia two out of three. They've been swept at home by LSU. They were lucky. Mm-hmm. And to, I say lucky. They got hammered the first. So that's, but that's what I was going
3: the, – the, the Auburn series with them, they were four and eight. You know what they did on Thursday night? instead of just withering away in the ninth inning? They stole a
2: game where they played that like crap. Yep. Auburn should have won that game. Yeah,
3: they they fought their tails off. You know what they did in the ninth inning on Saturday? Yes. Put down a run after they had blown a lead. They get a guy in the scoring position, get the hit to tie the game, and Auburn's kid makes a hell of a play and throws the kid out at the plate. Nobody in star – I can tell you this. Nobody in star – When I'm, I get it. They just won a national title and all that. Nobody is in Sorbel's question of whether their kids are playing hard or not. I promise you that. And they, they have won that one more game than will Miss.
2: Yeah, no, you're right. And I, I was getting, like, the, the, the same type of deal. Look, they got swept against State – excuse me, at home against LSU. And it wasn't great. But they couldn't get anybody out. The LSU offense came to life. And State had a really bad weekend at the plate. And they're an average offense. And they've had some struggles pitching-wise. But, like, they go up and get kind of hammered the first two games out of Arkansas. And you're like from the position they were in at that time, I can't remember their exact record, but they really, we were doing a podcast during this final Sunday game. They couldn't afford to get swept up there. And they nope. talked out and won a game in extra innings to avoid getting swept. And that's just like kind of the antithesis of what this Ole Miss team is. State's not very good. Um, their Friday night starter has three starts on the year. Do you know what he did last week? He gave them five innings and gave them a chance. Like Cade Smith is not a Friday night guy. So, like, Whatever on-field baseball issues you want to make for Ole Miss, guess who's not hearing that? The guy that lost – the team that lost two weekend starters to Tommy John is at all kinds of other moving parts too and just figured it out. Preston Johnson is a decent Saturday guy for them. He moved over to Friday's, gave it a hell of an effort, just certainly not good enough. Guess what he did last week? Gave them six innings in the Friday game to secure a series win they absolutely had to win. And then the Sunday kid. Um, I may have mixed up my Smiths. It was either Brandon or Cade Smith. Gave them six innings of yeah. baseball and give them a chance to sweep. Like it's – and guess how many of those dudes were projected to be on the weekend of the year? I guess technically two, but not in the close to the order or the role that they were going to be in.
3: Yeah. It's just they fight their guts out. Um, And that's what's, I guess, probably going to be discouraging when you look back at this. Like, look, Ole Miss is – I'll say it, Ole Miss is probably at this point uh, a little bit more talented than Mississippi state, but one team is never going to lay down. And one team lost 13 to three to Southeast Missouri yesterday. Um, I don't know. It's, I, I I keep saying this. I'm glad they play Mississippi state this weekend. Cause we'll not, if you can't get fired up to play Mississippi state, if you can't play hard, cause it's Mississippi state and you you're just not going to play hard anymore. And this is going to end poorly. Um, but if, if, if this is the weekend that they decide, hey, uh, I'm sick of this crap. We're going to go win two games. We're going to go win a game on Tuesday in Pearl, and we're going to put ourselves back in it. Well, if that's going to happen, it's it's this weekend. It's it's. I know we said it last weekend, but it is literally now or never for this team at this point.
2: Yeah, no, you're right, and it's it's. You make a good point. It really has little to do with the kind of on-field part of it and matchups and everything. Um, in that sense, it's, it's going to be a perfect mirror image into the character of this team. And I feel like we already have like a fairly clear view of it. But if there's any opaqueness remaining about what this team's DNA is, Mississippi State's going to make that crystal clear. Because guess what they're still doing? They're still fighting for their NCAA tournament life. A year, you know, on the heels of a national title where they return a decent amount of the lineup. They're Pitching rotation is fairly new. They've already lost two guys. You talk about a team that actually probably had an excuse to fold it in and just think, yeah.
0: like,
2: like, whatever. We'll try to regroup next year, even though it's probably a rebuilding year. But like, you know, this just isn't it for us. Not them. They're still fighting for the ncaa tournament life, and they're six and nine in the league. And if Ole Miss had still won, if Ole Miss had won two games in Columbia last weekend, Ole Miss is still fighting for its NCA tournament life this weekend. Like, they're still the margin for slim, and that's exactly where State is because they have a worse RPI and. Yet we're talking about team two teams with totally different perceived mindsets, which I think is telling. So I think you're right. I think it's going to give a perfect glimpse of you know, is this team actually going to end this way? Is this actually who this team is from a kind of soul of the team standpoint? And I mean, how heavy of a favorite is yes, minus two fifty. Yeah. Do you, do you anticipate this to go well? I, I hope I'm proven wrong I'll, I'll say
3: this. Continue this, this content this. scene, but geez. I'm not betting on I'm not betting on no. So, um, I don't know. I, I I I think I've decided how I'm going to pick this weekend. I guess we could pick, like, since they're going to play four games in a row, and technically from a conference standpoint, they all count. Um, I guess we could pick it that way.
2: Sure. Over – you just want to set it over, under one and a half? Under. I'm under two. And if we're I wrong th- – I think the
3: ones this weekend, and then I think they lose on Tuesday.
2: <laughs> I think you're right. And then it's over with.
3: I can't I can't see a scenario. I can't see a scenario where they get swept this weekend. And then it's like, you know what, by God, this is enough. We're going to play Mississippi State well on Tuesday. Yeah. So they get swept this weekend, they're losing on Tuesday.
2: I mean it's yeah, no, I'm with you. And it's uh it's something. I guess to give a little tiny piece of the baseball part of it, you know it's pretty average rotation. State is a pretty yep. run of the mill, um pretty run of the Alabama. Yeah, it is. That's a great comparison. They're about as run-of-the-mill as they come. Um, And, like, they're pretty much middle of the pack in every offensive category. They've been a bad pitching staff but have kind of figured it out. Their starting pitching has been a little better. I still have some questions about their bullpen. And so this is ripe for the taking for Ole Miss. This is a very, very winnable series. But, again, we keep saying I don't love their chances to do it. Um, I don't really know what else to say from, like, a matchup standpoint. It is what it is. What did you make of him going ahead and announcing the rotation? Oh,
3: uh, it's funny. Uh, Hunter Elliott is good enough to be your Friday starter game Two starter, but not good enough to pitch with the season on the line in Columbia. Uh, funny how that works. I wonder, can I get a travel roster this weekend? Can I get, I know it's not a travel, but can I get a roster this weekend? I'd like to see if not the is in it. Can somebody just, if, if you're, if you're out there and you know a way to access the travel roster, please just let me know if not the is on it.
2: Basically you're asking, will he be in shorts or baseball pants?
3: Yeah, yeah, because uh, I'm not going. Um, I think I've got games on Thursday and Saturday. I'm going somewhere else on Friday. Uh, just somebody let me know if Knoxville Foster is wearing baseball pants. Please.
2: And so, on top of that, I guess to get into some sort of, like, actual news and notes from it, as I think I mentioned earlier, as we were kind of discussing the, the debacle that was Tuesday night, Ole Miss was without three pitchers on Tuesday night. Gaddis is still dealing with the hamstring injury. Doherty uh, had a death- – hold,
3: hold on, watch, watch burn. Oh, what would
2: I say? Gaddis, my bad. Yeah. Um, Washburn had a death in the. Uh, God, I'm all over the place today. Washburn has a hamstring injury. <laughs> uh, Gaddis looked like. Oh, Gaddis had an appendectomy, and then Jack Doherty had a uh, death in the family. Yeah. And so, it the way Chase made it sound, it does not sound like either Gaddis. I've never had an appendectomy, but you know, when they cut you open, I doubt you're going to be in any shape to pitch. Um, a couple of days later, sounds like Washburn's hamstring injury is doing with it. And so, like, they're going to be down two pitchers. Do you make anything of them being without um, Washburn and Gaddis?
3: I'm going to say something that's probably not very nice. Um, they all just for for outside of – and he struggled lately. Outside of Brandon Johnson and Dylan Delusia, they're all the same guy to me. So, like, I, I hate that those guys are injured. Don't get me wrong. I'm not making light of their injury. Uh, but outside of maybe Washburn and Elliot and and um, you know uh, or excuse me uh, Elliot and and Dylan Blush and Brandon Johnson and, and Jack Doherty, uh, they're 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 kind of all the same dude to me. So I don't really, I'll be honest, I don't think it makes a massive difference. Um, you're gonna the, the, those two guys and and Washburn and Gaddis are guys that are unproven, and you're gonna fill them with guys that are unproven, and and you hope those guys get the, get get the outs. I don't. Like, maybe I'm crazy. I don't necessarily think those two guys are massive, massive losses just because, I mean, they haven't performed overly well on the weekends either.
2: I don't either. And you're coming off a weekend where the pitching, I wouldn't say, was A-plus or superb by any ways, outside of Dylan Delucia, who was incredible on Thursday night, as we've talked about ad nauseum. It's just going to come down to – like, it didn't matter last week. The offense was terrible. So I think the similar story is going to be this weekend because I don't think State's a very potent offense. I think they're certainly better than South Carolina and Ole Miss will have to be, you know, as sharp or sharper on the mound, but they're going to have to score runs and that's the way they're going to win this series. I know that's dynamite analysis and why everyone listens to this podcast, but you get what I'm getting at. They're going to have to have a better collective approach at the plate that involves moving the baseball more and not relying on Jacob Gonzalez or Tim Elko to hit a ball 400 feet and that be your entire source of your offense. and that, to me, is going to be the story of this weekend. And, you know, as we tie everything back to the kind of you know, effort and checking in, checking out part of it, I think that part of it will be somewhat telling in that regard as well is how locked in are they. I don't know. What do you think the key to the series is to have the most canned radio content of all time?
3: Uh, play. I,
2: I'll
3: say this. I'll say it like this. I think they need to get off to a good start um I say, sounds-
2: you're telling me when this team is down and out you don't like their chances to respond well
3: I, this is a literal I don't know if I said this on Sunday if they've fallen behind since the first game of the SEC series again or the SEC season against Auburn if they have fallen behind in an SEC game do you know how many games they have
2: won I'm gonna say zero
3: that would be zero they have won zero games after going behind except for the first one so uh Yeah, they need to start fast and get some confidence. I just wish, like, for whatever reason, they could go put up a four spot in the first inning against Mississippi State and say, hey, we're here. We're going to play, and and we're going to figure this thing out. Um, If, if, you know, they could just go, how you know, bench get a single and and Gonzo hit a ball to the gap, and maybe Elko hit a ball over the wall, and it's three to nothing. And it's like, okay, just, just somebody let them take a breath um and 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 maybe get some guys energized that that's kind of the thing to be just somebody start this thing off and 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 let them just you know let 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 everybody chill out um and and you know because i think if that can happen then maybe they can get to this weekend but you know it's to the point where you know it's gonna have to happen because like i said like you said this team once they get down they, they they struggle and uh you know if Mississippi State, God forbid, you come out and you look up after the third inning, Mississippi State's up three to one. You better hold on to your butts.
2: Uh, yeah, absolutely. It's, uh, it, I throw another stat at you. I think I texted you this the other day. Um, I pretty much confirmed this. There's a chance that I messed something up, but I'm almost positive. Actually, I'm 100% positive. I did this three times. An opposing starter has set a career high for length how long they've gone in a game in every single SEC week against them. Now, that that requires a little context because Chase Burns is a freshman. But for a guy that's dominated most people, it's still the longest he's gone in a game is Ole Miss. But, I mean, there's been some bad pitchers. Darren Williams, the kid from Kentucky who's like the Eastern Kentucky transfer, he hasn't pitched since. I don't know if that's an injury thing. Well,
3: well, 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 he's having Tommy John.
2: Oh, so he had. I, so that would make sense. He, I figured it was an injury thing at that point. But guess what? That was by far the longest he'd gone. They've had a, a, a opposing starter go a career high in length against him every single SEC week. That seems not great.
3: I think he's having common. I could be wrong with that, but he he's definitely injured. But yeah, no, that's definitely not a good stat. Um, yeah, it's, uh, it's bad right now. It's it's man, just to think about where this offense was 365 days ago to where it is now is kind of like breathtaking.
2: Yep, it really, really is. I don't really know much else to say about it. Let's just make our picks and get out of here and prepare for what is probably an obituary on Sunday, even though we probably just – I mean, look, if we, if we didn't shovel dirt on them in this podcast, we certainly dug the uh, dug the hole. Um, let's see. All right, let's make our picks. Auburn, South, Auburn is hosting South Carolina.
3: Auburn. Uh, Auburn wins three. I believe uh, it. Auburn.
2: I'm going with you on the Auburn three as well. They had a tough weekend at State last week. They probably have a pretty bad taste in their mouth. Um, and I don't think South Carolina is very good. So I'm going Auburn three. What's
3: Auburn's record? Do you, do you know their SEC?
2: So they were seven and five after 12 games. That means they're eight and seven.
3: Eight and seven. So if they, okay. that'd be 11 and seven. They'd be in really good, uh, really good shape to host the region. I hope Auburn wins a lot of games. No reason. Just hope they
2: win a lot of games. <laughs> no reason at all? Mm-mm. Okay. Right. Um, <laughs> Florida hosting Tennessee. Uh, some really terrible news out of Gainesville. Another SEC arm goes down. Hunter Barco is out yeah. with the elbow. Do you buy
3: into the 20? And I know Barco was a freshman uh, last year, so it doesn't really matter. But but he didn't pitch in 2020 in high school. Do you buy into any like taking a whole year off and 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 kind of messing kids' arms up? Because I've never seen this many arm injuries. I saw somebody present that theory on Twitter today.
2: I think it's impossible not to buy into it. Chase and Neil, actually, when a couple weeks ago, I was listening to their show on the way home from work, sitting in traffic, and they uh, talked about it, and Chase made a good point, where even though those kids, like you mentioned, where Barco is a freshman, so he wasn't in college, they're on their own throwing and doing their own stuff, and I get they have coaches and stuff like that, but I guess what I'm saying is, yes, I think it's impossible not to believe in that to some degree, because you know pitchers are so routine heavy and it's so strict about like their arm regimen and things like that uh I would say a global pandemic no matter what you're doing or where they were would <laughs> throw them out of that and now you're seeing all these arm injuries and in really the first completely normal season since I'm I'm yes I think that absolutely had something to do with it I think it would be kind of naive to say it did it
3: yeah I'm letting you there uh just from I mean you miss time you, you do different things yeah it's uh I think we're starting to see it didn't really happen much last year. Obviously, Gunnar gets hurt, but you know, it didn't, didn't see this rash arm injuries like we're starting to see this year for sure.
2: Uh, so, where are you going here? I mean, I guess Tennessee takes two. I think Florida. Uh,
3: Tennessee seven. takes three.
2: Oh, okay. There we go. Uh, Vanderbilt at Kentucky.
3: Vanderbilt takes three.
2: I'll go Vanderbilt takes two just because I don't think they're that good. I don't think Kentucky's very good, but I don't know if Vanderbilt's good enough to switch. Kentucky's there.
3: down all three weekend starters at this point.
2: I mean, they all had six ERAs and all misplayed them, so. Um, well, they, the kid on Saturday didn't. The one that's hurt now was really good,
3: um, but, yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I, Kentucky's obviously not very good right now, but um, I think Vanderbilt's starting to figure it out because I think they're starting to turn into, like, the team that instead of having just uh, prospects, they're starting to turn into college baseball players. So, I, I, I think they're about to get really high.
2: Alabama hosting Georgia.
3: Alabama wins two.
2: I think Alabama wins two as well, um, particularly with Georgia down its Friday night guy. Um, what is Alabama's record? I, I literally just memory hold what they did last year. I don't week.
3: know. It's pretty good. Yeah, they're What's good. They oh, they,
2: they they lost two or three at Tennessee, but they took a game and first SEC yeah. lost. Not getting swept up there is kind of a uh, – kind so of. A they w.
3: would be what, nine and six? Are they nine
2: and six? They are – Eight and seven. Eight and seven. One month
3: in Alabama wins some games this year. Again, no reason.
2: I think they, uh, I think they take two as well. Um, I mean, I guess we kind of already did. State Ole Miss,
3: Ole Miss uh, loses two on the weekend and then loses on Tuesday. That's my gut.
2: I'll go. Ole Miss loses three. <laughs> like all, 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 all three this weekend. Yes. Um,
3: so they're going to lose on Tuesday.
2: Oh uh, God! Yeah, probably. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. If I'm wrong, who cares? Like, congrats. Yeah, I think this is the first time, I'll be honest.
3: I think this is the first time I have picked Ole Miss to lose a series. So maybe uh, this gets it turned around.
2: Yeah. And if I'm wrong, like, throw it in my face. I don't care. I mean, what would be worse? Yeah. What would be worse, tweeting Austin Anderson after you won a road series at Kentucky or tweeting a 5'6 podcaster after you beat State at Home with your season on the line? Bring it on. LSU hosts Missouri. LSU wins two. I think LSU wins two in a hard-fought series. A&M hosting Arkansas. Arkansas wins two in a hard series is my pick. Yeah,
3: yeah, that's what I'll go there.
2: Um, that is our picks. That is our show. Who's, Louis-
3: who's Louisville play this weekend?
2: Uh, I think
3: theirs for fun. I don't
2: know. Funny you should ask. They play. They host NC State.
3: They host NC State. I'm gonna. I'm gonna say the Cardinals probably win two.
2: I'm gonna you say, should have had a
3: bomb threat at one of their games?
2: Yeah, that was wild there and that was a really important game. I believe they were playing North Carolina in a uh They back and won it. Yeah, they did. Uh I bomb. hope
3: that didn't give any message boarders any ideas cuz you know that thing originated on a message board. Oh, really? And they were down at the time, yeah.
2: What is wrong with people?
3: Yeah, I really really hope that uh that doesn't give any message boarders that
2: take quake would Ole Miss be excited if the game got canceled because of a threat like that. <laughs> like Louisville had to come back. Ole Miss would be like, no, no. Ah, uh-uh. we're done. Yeah. Like, sorry. I, I, I'm sorry. This was, you know, Kudzu Reb Four Twenty Sixty Nine just putting something on a message board, but you can't be too safe. Um,
3: so it's, it's actually is 420. I don't know if you hear that or not.
2: It is. It is 420. Um so, I don't know. I hope Ole Miss isn't celebrating it. Well, actually, uh, maybe they should not. I was going <laughs> to say, huh? We're about to get down a pat. right? <laughs> Happy uh, 421 to the fine people listening to this. This has been the Rippy Rights Podcast. I appreciate the time, my friend. We will talk to you Sunday in some capacity. Um, I look forward to it regardless because I think it will be fun for us, but we'll see yeah, what Yeah, we'll know one way or the other at that point, right? Oh, I think that will be people will be tuning in. And other than some hot boards, that might be the end of it. So uh, we will talk to you on Sunday, my man, and uh, we'll see what happens this weekend. All right. Sounds good, buddy. All right. That's our show. If you made it to the end, I appreciate you making us a uh, part of your day. Um, You're probably in a bad mood after listening to that podcast. Don't really blame me there. Like I said, we've got some different stuff on the horizon for the podcast, uh, assuming this goes the way we all think it's going to go this weekend. We'll also be back to a normal three-week schedule. Uh, next week these Thursday Saturday series have kind of thrown a wrench in things and the fact that I've been traveling um, the last three Fridays or last three Thursday afternoons you get the point they've kind of made the uh, pod schedule a little different so we got some different things in the works some NFL draft I uh, I've got some uh, different stuff besides baseball on the horizon so I think you guys will enjoy that be on the lookout for that Uh, I've got a couple got a new sponsor potentially coming on if you want to sponsor the uh, show I'll be Honored to stumble through an ad read for you. So uh, keep that in mind. Got that on the rise, and you'll have a great end of your week. And Colin and I will talk to you on Sunday night.
1: Whether you're a world class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well being and proper recovery for top notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network.